0: Thank you for listening to the Ridge Podcast. Today's message is by senior pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Ridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Yes, it is good to sing praises to our God. Amen? I'm excited to study God's Word with you this morning. God is going to speak to each one of us This morning, by his spirit through his word, which is pretty amazing in and of itself. I will confess from the very start, I don't know everyone's pressure point. I don't know everyone's need gathered together here in this room this morning or those who are streaming with us online. But what I do know is God does, and God is faithful. God is going to speak to us right where we are, and God is going to teach us and say to us the very things that we need to hear. Remember, God wants us to be doers of his word and not hearers only. And so we are able to do what God says. We're able to be doers of his word because God empowers us to do what he says as we seek him and surrender to him, which I hope and pray is exactly what each one of us have already been doing and are in the process of doing even now, seeking God and surrendering to him. Because the truth of the matter is, we cannot go wrong doing what God's word says. And so I'm starting a new series today titled Think Well, Live Well. Getting out of our own way so that we can go God's way. God's way is best for us and all those that God places around us. We're more than likely familiar with Paul's words to us in Ephesians chapter one, when Paul said God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Every spiritual blessing means every spiritual blessing is ours, is yours, is mine, in Christ Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit of God in us. We have the word of God before us. We have the people of God around us. We have the eyes and ears of God on us. Though we know these truths, we need to be reminded of these truths on a regular basis so that we can walk in these truths. And in this new series, we are going to learn from the example of Moses about how thinking God's way helps us to go God's way. We understand, I believe, and we're going to see this play out in this series, our thought life is directly connected to the abundant life, to the blessed life, to the changed life we have in Jesus. Our thought life is directly connected to the abundant, the blessed, the changed life we have in Christ Jesus. And so we're going to be focusing in on this truth as it is borne out in the example, and the testimony of Moses at a particular time in his life, at a particular time in his ministry. We're going to see these truths just jump out at us off the pages of Scripture. And so before we start to... Study our Old Testament friend Moses. I want us to focus in, I want us to identify uh, a few foundational truths uh, that will bless us, guide us, challenge us, and encourage us as we make our way through this series in the weeks to come. So let's look at some of these truths. The first truth is we are always thinking, we're always thinking. Statistics vary in regards to the number of thoughts that we have in a day. Some research, some studies indicate that we have over 6,000 thoughts a day. Some research and studies indicate that the number is actually closer to between 60,000 and 80,000 thoughts a day. Contrary to popular belief, and certainly contrary to the evidence we see around us on a daily basis, there's a lot of thinking going on. And that's pretty scary. There's a lot of thinking going on. We're always thinking. The second truth is our thoughts tend to be negative. Our thoughts tend toward negativity. The same statistics and research indicate that up to 80% of our thoughts in a day are negative. And up to 95% of our thoughts are repetitive. Repetitive. Our minds, on a daily basis, are more often than not caught in a continual loop of negativity and negative thoughts. Some of these negative thoughts race in and out of our minds throughout the day. Some of these negative thoughts enter our minds and they make themselves at home. And they don't leave. And they make themselves known throughout the day, throughout the night. Whether we're thinking about ourselves, whether we're thinking about others, whether we're thinking about our circumstances, we tend to struggle with our thoughts. We're gonna see this in the example of the testimony of Moses. Moses in the particular time and place of his ministry that we're going to study, struggled with his thoughts. He was caught in a continual loop of negative thoughts. And it was hindering his relationship with God. We're always thinking our thoughts tend to be negative. It begins to make some more sense to us as to why Paul said things such as, set your mind on things above not on earthly things in Colossians 3 and verse 2. Set your mind, focus your mind, dwell on things above, not on earthly things. So we know we're always thinking and we, our thoughts tend to be negative. The third foundational truth that we're going to see play out in our lives this, today and this week, and we see these play out every day, quite honestly, All of these truths are going to play out in the series, but they also play out in our day to day lives. They're playing out today. Possibly you've already experienced all six of these truths that we're going to look at this morning, this morning, in your journey to get to church, quite possibly. So these points and truths are relative and very relevant for us today. The third is we are in a battle. We are in a battle. The battle of spiritual warfare is real, and we are in it. Satan is our enemy, and he hates us, and he longs to steal, kill, and destroy us. Satan is prowling around us on a day-by-day basis like a roaring lion, looking for the opportunity to devour us. Satan is the father of lies, therefore there is no truth in him at all, ever, ever, Satan lies to us because that's all he can do. Satan tries to isolate us from God, his word, his people, and his praise. Satan's game is a game of isolation, to isolate us because he wants to destroy us. And he knows if he can isolate us, it'll be a lot easier to destroy us. And here's his basic tactic in our day-to-day lives. Satan, all he can do is lie to us and hope against hope that we will believe and follow his lies rather than believing and following God's truth. That's it. That's his plan. We are members of God's family by our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We have been saved by God's grace through our responsive faith in Jesus. We desperately need God's amazing, delivering, forgiving, loving, rescuing, saving grace on a day-by-day basis because we are being transformed, we are being sanctified, we are being changed in the likeness of Jesus day-by-day. Now we need to understand this key point. If you're taking notes, jot this key point down because this is the key point underneath this foundational truth. And the key point is simply this we are a work in progress. Every one of us. We're under construction, we're a work in progress. We've not yet arrived. We're not there, there. We're not there yet. And so we understand that we are a work in progress. What does it mean? It means this. Though we are saved by God's grace, we still battle and wrestle with our flesh. The desires, the lusts of our sinful flesh. We are still prone to turn away from God and sin against God. That's why we desperately need the grace of God moment by moment, step by step, day by day. Now Paul understood this. is why Paul said I say then, walk by the Spirit. And you will certainly not carry out the desires of the sinful flesh. For the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. The flesh desires what is against the Spirit. They are opposed to one another, so you don't do what you want to do. Peter chimed in, and Peter said, abstain from the sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Peter and Paul, and many of the men and women in Scripture share this testimony over and over again. We see this with Moses. We understand that we're in a battle, we're under construction, we're a work in progress. Thankfully John also understood this and John said when we turn away from God and sin against God, we are able to confess our sin to God and God is faithful and just and he will forgive us our sins and purify and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Praise God for his forgiveness, amen? And we know the psalmist also said that when God forgives us, He places our sin as far as the east is from the west. So God never brings up our sin again to use as a weapon against us to discourage us and to beat us up. That's what the enemy tries to use. God's forgiven it—the blood Jesus shed for us on the cross of Calvary. And so we understand that we're always thinking, and our thoughts tend to be negative, and we're in a battle and. We're a work in progress. Therefore, we need to be patient with ourselves and with one another. We need to be prayerful for ourselves and for one another. We're a work in progress. The fourth foundational truth that we see is that the battlefield is our mind. The battlefield is our mind. The battle where spiritual warfare is fought on a daily basis is in your mind and in my mind. Satan bombards our minds with his lies, accusations, doubts, and temptations, which are all designed to lure and pull us away from God. Satan caters to that sinful flesh that is still within us. He caters to the desires of our sinful flesh on a daily basis with his temptations By trying to make sin look appealing, exciting, fulfilling, and thrilling, Satan will lie to us and say things such as, Go ahead and indulge yourself. Go ahead and give in to that sin. Go ahead, you deserve it. Go ahead, no one will know or care what you do. Go ahead. You're not going to hurt yourself. You're not going to hurt anyone else. Go ahead and indulge yourself. It's okay. You'll enjoy it. We must always remind ourselves, no matter how good the bait may look, there's always a hook. No matter how good that temptation, the bait of that temptation may look, there's a hook underneath. And that hook will get us and hurt us. And so Satan not only tries to make sin look appealing, exciting, fulfilling, and thrilling, but Satan will also accuse us and say things to us like God doesn't love or care for you anymore. No one likes you. You can't say anything to anyone because no one cares about you. No one will understand you. So you can't say anything. You've made too many mistakes. Way too many mistakes. God's angry with you. God's mad at you. Because of all the mistakes you've made, God will not answer your prayers. God will not bless you. God will not forgive you. And God certainly will not use you anymore. And so go ahead and give in to the sin. Matter of fact, go ahead and just continue in the sin because it doesn't matter anymore. You've already done it. You've already done it once. You've already done it twice. You're already in it. So go ahead and just stay in it. We are no match for Satan and his tactics in and of our strength and our wisdom. We've got no chance. Moses was wrestling and struggling with his thoughts. And he kept getting defeated by his thoughts as the Lord God was working in his life. And so we understand how important this truth is. We understand that that God has filled us with his spirit we know Satan's tactics. He's gonna bombard our minds with all of his lies, accusations, doubts, and temptations to get us to, to give in sin. But God has filled us with his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit teaches us God's truth. The Holy Spirit reminds us of God's truth. The Holy Spirit empowers and encourages us to walk in obedience to God's truth. The Holy Spirit of God produces the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit of God is the one who makes us. He makes us more and more like Jesus on a day-by-day basis. We know that we are able to walk. In our victory in Jesus, as we walk by the Spirit. As we walk by the Spirit, we will not give in to the desires of the flesh. As we walk by the Spirit, we will focus on the Lord and we'll follow after the Lord. And as we walk by the Spirit, we're able to remember the biblical principle that God has laid out for us in His Word throughout His Word as it relates to our minds, it relates to our thoughts, which is simply we think, we feel, we act. This thinking is so vitally important. We think, we feel, we act. Our thoughts produce our feelings, which lead to our actions. That's the way it works. When we think God's way, we will feel and act God's way. When we think Satan's way, we will feel and act Satan's way. If you want to change the way you feel, if you want to change the way you act, if you want to change the way you speak, change the way you think. We must change the way we think. Our thinking, again, is directly connected to the abundant life, the blessed life, the changed life we have in Jesus. And so we understand how important this is. Our thoughts, yielding them to the Lord. And as we move forward We understand in the spirit, we think, we feel, we act, and we're able to understand how important our thoughts are. Solomon told us about this. Everything proceeds and starts and, and, and proceeds from our thought life, our thinking. Solomon said in Proverbs 23, as a man thinks within himself, so is he. As a woman thinks within herself, so is she. And that's vitally important because we're always thinking and we'll focus on this and we'll see this throughout our series, no one speaks to us more than us. No one speaks into us more than than us, which really begins to make a whole lot of sense why there's so much emphasis in the word from God on our minds because if we're always thinking and no one speaks more to us than us and if this battle is raging, apart from the Spirit of God, And apart from our dependence on him, apart from our surrender to him, we don't have a chance. And it then begins to shed light onto the challenges we face and why we so often continue to wander away from God. And so we understand this battlefield is in our minds. The fifth foundational truth is we need God's help. Amen? We need God's help. Tell your neighbor, I need God's help. Now tell your neighbor, you need God's help. We need God's help. Every day, all day, all throughout the day, think with me. There are plenty of books and articles written on the power of positive thinking, and it's clear it's not working. We don't win the battle of our mind thinking positively. We win the battle of our minds thinking biblically. We do not win the battle of our minds thinking positively. We win as we think biblically. True, lasting peace and power is ours as we think biblically on a day-by-day basis. This is what the Lord told Joshua in Joshua 1 verse 8 as he said this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth you are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do biblical thinking is believing in God and in his word biblical thinking is meditating on God and his word Biblical biblical thinking is walking in obedience to God and his word. And scripture teaches us, scripture calls out to us over and over and over again from cover to cover, Old Testament and New Testament, to think biblically, to focus our minds on the word of God, because that's where we're going to find our help from God. That's where we're going to find our hope from God. That's where we're going to find our healing from God. So focus our mind on the word of God. The psalmist, David said in Psalm 86 and verse 11, teach me your word, Lord, and I will live in your truth. Give me an undivided mind so that I may fear your name. David understood. God teaches his word and his ways in his word. We see his word and God's ways are taught to us in his word. And so David, understanding this, asked God, give me an undivided mind. What does that mean? It means this, God, give me a mind that is committed, a mind that is devoted, a mind that is loyal, a mind that is focused on you, God, and I'm walking in obedience to you, God, so that I may be able to bring honor and glory and praise to your name. And so we understand how important this is. The Psalm, uh, Isaiah the prophet He said, you will keep in perfect peace the mind that is dependent on you for it is trusting in you. You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace for it is trusting in you. God will keep us in perfect peace in the chaos of life, in the ups of life, in the downs of life, in the good times, in the bad times. God will keep us in perfect peace. And if you're like me, you know that peace is a prime commodity in our day-to-day lives. With what we see going on around us in the world around us, the messages, the thoughts, the philosophies of the world, and all that's happening, and we're placed here in this world to be light in the darkness, to shine brightly, And light shines brightest where it's darkest. And so we've got all kinds of opportunities to shine brightly today like never before. But we understand that in the chaos of life, God will keep us in perfect peace. Why? Because our minds are dependent on him, trusting in him. God is worthy of our dependence and our trust. And I think it's Very important to note in this passage and in the many other passages that we could list throughout the word of God, when God wants to fill us with peace, he pours it into our lives through our minds. Our minds, which is why the undivided mind, it's why our minds need to be thinking biblically. Paul agreed, Paul said in Romans 12 and verse two, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you may be be able to discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Paul literally said God is transforming us. That means God is sanctifying us. That means God is changing us to be more and more like Jesus. And the way God transforms us on a day-by-day basis is by the way in which he renews and renovates our thinking, our minds, by the Word of God, on the Word of God. So you begin to see, once again, the agreement from Scripture of how vitally important it is for us to think biblically. David said in Philippians 4 and verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence and anything praiseworthy, dwell on such things. Think about such things. Meditate on such things. Focus on such things. He's saying Discipline yourselves, discipline your minds to think about and dwell on God and his word all day, throughout the day. You know, the only criteria that is found in this verse that actually meets the criteria in this verse, and that, that's, some, that's amazing criteria in Philippians 4 and verse 8. If you look at that, you can just begin to read. It's got to be true, honorable, just, pure, lovely commendable, excellent, praiseworthy. What meets that criteria? God and the truth of his word. God and the truth of his word. The more we dwell on God, the more we think about God, the more we are blessed by God. Think, biblical. we need God's help. You need God's help. I need God's help. Day by day, we receive God's help. God pours his help into our lives by the truth of his word, which allows us to be filled with the Spirit and all the fruit of the Spirit, which then allows us to think biblically and to live biblically. We think well, we live well. Peter agreed. Peter said in First Peter 4 and verse 7, The end of all things is near. Be sober-minded for prayer. Peter said the end of all things is near. What is he talking about there? What he's saying there in that passage is Jesus can come back at any moment. Now, that's a hallelujah, isn't it? Jesus can come back at any moment. Praise God. Peter understood that the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus had happened. God had sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in believers, as Jesus promised would happen, which completed the earthly ministry of Jesus and inaugurated the church. The church age. And Peter here was saying, listen, the end is near. Jesus can come back at any moment. Peter was mentioning this truth, reminding them of this truth so that they would not lose sight of this truth. And so it's vitally important for you and for me. Don't let your circumstances cause you to lose sight of God. Don't let the distractions of life cause you to lose sight of God. Don't let what is happening to you cause you to lose sight of God. Don't let what is coming against you cause you to lose sight of God. Don't let what is going on around you cause you to lose sight of God. Don't let this world broken by sin cause you to lose sight of God. Don't let this world, living in rebellion against God and opposition to God, cause you to lose sight of God. Instead, be sober-minded that means be self-controlled each day, every day for prayer, for prayer. Peter understood that prayer is vital for you and for me. Prayer helps us stay focused on God. Prayer helps us to depend on God. Prayer helps us to get fresh air from God. We present our request to him. God fills us with his peace that passes all our understanding and guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so we understand how vitally important prayer is. And what we also know is when we lose sight of God, we stop praying. And when we stop praying, we are prone to give in to anger and anxiety and bitterness and despair and fear and frustration and loneliness and resentment and unforgiveness and stress and worry and every one of those negative thoughts and emotions that the enemy is trying to shove into our minds. So we understand how vitally important it is. Think biblically. Peter continued, 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. He said, be sober-minded, be alert, for your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. He's reminding us that we're able to recognize and resist our enemy, Satan, as we are sober-minded, as we're focused on the Lord, as we think about the Lord, as we depend on the Lord as we're dwelling on the Lord, as we're alert, ready for action spiritually, which happens as we walk by the Spirit with our minds and thoughts focused on the Lord. Thinking biblically helps us to say every day, God, you have your way in me, with me, around me. God, in my life, be glorified. And so we see, and we're gonna see as we make our way through. In our lives today and this week, you're gonna have plenty of opportunities. You already have had opportunities this morning to reaffirm this key truth. We'll have opportunities throughout the rest of the day and this week. We need God's help. And one of the greatest ways we receive God's help is through God's word. And as we get in God's word, we're able to think biblically, which allows us to win the battle that's going on in our mind against our enemy Satan, which allows us to think the way God wants us to think, which allows us to feel the way God wants us to feel, which allows us to act and to speak the way God wants us to act and speak on a day-by-day basis, which allows us to shine the light of Christ that is in us so all those around us can see our good works and give glory to our Father in heaven. It's So vitally important, the sixth truth, the final truth I want us to look at, and this truth will carry us throughout the series as well will carry us out, carries us throughout today and this week, and that is simple, God is good. God is good, God is good. The psalmist said in Psalm 119 and verse 68, you are good, you do what is good. God, teach me your statutes. God is good all the time and all the time, God is good. We need to keep this truth at the forefront of our mind. Moses desperately needed to keep this truth at the forefront of his mind and he failed to keep it at the forefront of his mind and so God had to continue to remind him every day of this central truth God is good no matter what your circumstances may be God is good no matter what is going on around you God is good no matter what others say about you, God is good. No matter what is happening to you, God is good. No matter what you say, God is good. No matter what you do, God is good. No matter how many times you may fall or fail, God is good. When you're good, God is good. When you're not good, God is good. When you're waiting on God, God is good. When you're suffering, God is good. When you're struggling, God is good. When you're concerned, God is good. When you're worried, God is good. When you're feeling stressed, God is good. When you are in the middle of doubts, God is good. When you're grieving, God is good. When you're dealing with sorrow, God is good. When you receive difficult news, God is good. When you're okay, God is good. When you're not okay, God is good. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. God is good. And we must keep this central to our minds, at the forefront of our minds. No matter what we see going out and on around us, outside of us, God is good. No matter what is going on inside of us, God is good. He is a good God, and not only is God good, God's work is good. Paul told us, "For it is God who is working in you, both to willing to work according to His good purpose." Philippians 2:13, "For it is God who is working in you, both to will and to work, to give you the desire and the strength to fulfill His good purpose. Listen, God's purpose for us is good, God's work in us is good, because God is good. And we see this from cover to cover. God is good to you and to me. Scripture. Bears this out, for all things work together for the good, say good. Good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. I am sure of this, that he who started a good, say good. Good work, and you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. For by grace are we saved through faith, and this is not of ourselves, it is a gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good, say Good. Good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. All Scripture is inspired by God. It's profitable. It's useful for teaching us, rebuking us, correcting us, and training us in righteousness so that the man and woman of God will be complete, equipped for every good. Say good. For every good work. God, you are good. God, you do what is good. God, teach me your statutes. Teach us truth so that we can think on your truth and so we can live it out in our day-to-day lives. So what is our application? What's our takeaway today? It's real simple. Think about these truths. Think about these truths. As you make your way through today and this week, think about these truths. As you begin to, to read about Moses in the book of Exodus, think about these truths. And then the second point is live out these truths. We think about these truths and then we're able to to walk in these trees. We're able to walk in the confidence and the knowledge and the understanding that God is good. What is happening inside is not good. What is going on outside is not good. But what I do know that I know that I know, and that is my God is good. And we can give thanks in all circumstances, not necessarily for all circumstances, but in all circumstances, because this is God's Will for us in Christ Jesus. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Thinking about God, the truth of his word. Thinking about his truth so that we can then live out his truth on a day-by-day basis. Keeping at the forefront of our mind this key central truth for your life and my life. And that is God is good. God is good. God is good. I love what a Bible scholar once said, let the mind of the master be the master of your mind. Let the mind of the master be the master of your mind. And we have the mind of Christ based on the grace that God extended to us as he saved us by our faith and trust in him. So we can think God's way, and we can feel God's way, and we can certainly act and walk and speak and talk and share and serve and minister and bless and encourage God's way. I think the psalmist summed it up. David, with plenty of experience, said in Psalm 34 and verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good how happy and how blessed is the person who takes refuge in Him. What is God's desire? What is His will for your life and my life today and this week? It's to taste and see how good He is. Because then we will be blessed as we take refuge, take shelter, find safety, find strength, find our sufficiency in Him. God is our good, good Father. And we are loved by Him. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. God longs for us to take refuge in Him in these moments. And this is our time of response. God has spoken to us by his spirit through his word and now he wants us to respond to him and so my brothers and sisters in Christ I want to encourage you our pastors, our ministers will be standing here at the front they'd love to pray with you pray over you, pray for you whatever you need a care, concern they're here to pray with you the altar is open as it always is maybe you want to grab a brother or sister in Christ maybe you want to go and just tell them, listen I want to pray with you I need you to pray for me they'll do it it's one of the ways we bless one another and encourage one another love one another by praying with and for one another I want to encourage you, take refuge in the Lord once again this morning. Run to him, whatever that burden, whatever that hurt, whatever that concern, whatever that care, whatever that frustration, whatever that fear, whatever that difficulty, whatever that question, whatever that doubt, whatever it is, run to the Lord. Take refuge in him. He will bless you. Because he's our good, good father, and that's who he is, and that's what he does. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, then I would encourage you to receive this grand, this great, this gracious gift of salvation by responding to God's grace today at work in your life by saying yes to Jesus. Jesus took your place on the cross. He paid your price for sin. He lived a perfect life. He died a perfect death. He was buried in the tomb, and on the third day, he rose again victorious over sin, Satan, and death for you. He's alive. He wants a relationship with you. And the only way to get into a relationship with God is to turn to God, to repent of your sins, to to tell God, I'm done living my way. I want to live your way. God, to confess those sins to God and then to receive his gift of salvation by simply placing your faith in Jesus. We'd love to encourage you, rejoice with you. As you make this decision to say yes to Jesus this morning, God is moving. God is speaking. Let's respond to him. Let's stand and say yes to the Father.